0: Okay, so I just had my first class of law school. Uh, it was legal research on uh, one, and it was pretty much giving an introduction to what legal research is. For this class prep, uh, what we read was Iowa Legal Research, which is a book specific to Iowa, but there are a lot of similar principles that can still be used to understand how legal research is done throughout the United States. So, a lot of these principles are going to be similar. Uh, such as how to look up citations and stuff. But as far as specific things related to Iowa, uh, such as which reporter uh, to find a case, uh, I I will be sharing both of those things. But this, um, this reading can be applied both more generally and specifically depending on how much you want to look into it. Okay, so... Just getting into the reading a little bit, so we did an introduction to Iowa legal research. There's a whole bunch of things that we need to do as attorneys. It's We need to understand a problem, we need to know how to locate a law, and we need to use that law to resolve the problem. And there, with that, all those things can be answered through legal research and has to be answered through legal research. There's no other way to do it. It's also important to note that there's an intersection of legal research and legal analysis, meaning legal research is how to find things. Legal analysis is making meaning of what you find. Although they are different, they shouldn't be done separately. Uh, in fact, you should probably do your legal analysis first because you need to know what law you want to examine, why that law is relevant, and then use that information as you conduct your legal research. That way you can pinpoint which cases you are looking for. Okay. So the rest of this is going to be pretty much review from things that we talked about during orientation. But we focused on types and sources of legal authority. So uh, types of law, uh, we have civil and common law, uh, whether it's enacted law, and which is civil, and then common law, which is court rulings, um, and then primary and secondary authority. So primary authority is a big category, and then underneath that you have Um, mandatory is a primary mandatory or mandatory um, primary one of the two and then you have um, primary persuasive uh, kinds of authority so primary mandatory means that it's a binding law in your state meaning that you need to follow the jurisdictions uh, you need to follow the state constitution all those kind of things are mandatory binding law that is a primary source of law it has a legal authority As far as sorry, so it has uh, binding legal authority. As far as um, persuasive binding authority goes. Sorry, not persuasive binding, but persuasive um, primary authority. Persuasive primary authority is when it's binding authority in a different jurisdiction, but not in yours. And so in yours, it's a persuasive authority. For example, a court in Nebraska is persuasive in a court in Iowa, even if it's mandatory in Nebraska, if all that makes sense. Uh, there are secondary secondary authority sources as well. Um, all these are going to come from people who are legal scholars commentating on the law. And uh, they can be helpful in conducting legal research, but they are often just used as a persuasive form of authority, not as a primary source of authority. There is a hierarchy of what can be used. That is, you need to use the Constitution. Um, th- that, that comes first. And then statutes, regulations, and then common law. And common law are what the courts deal mostly with. Common law can interpret cons- the Constitution, statutes, and regulation. It can comment on it. And it can overturn things that are contrary to one of those things higher. But in and of itself, it's the lowest form of hierarchy, meaning the Constitution will... Can ignore that last sentence. Okay, let's talk a little bit about um, reporters' opinions and how the court is pretty much structured. So a lot of this is going to be repeated, but just go over it one more time. So we have in Iowa a district court, a court of appeals, and then the Iowa Supreme Court. In the Iowa district courts, there are ninety nine counties, so there's one district court for each county. But there each, each courthouse I guess you could say comprises of eight districts for administrative purposes, and then each district has that general jurisdiction. Uh, where they can hear both civil and criminal cases. And then there are divisions within the district that has more limited jurisdictions for business, law, juvenile, probate, and small claims. As far as the Iowa Appellate Court goes, uh, the Iowa Appellate Court, there's three judges. And so there's nine judges who rotate on a three-person panel. Um, they don't hear inbox, which just means all the judges. They review the majority of the cases that are up for appellate review, and then the Supreme Court can choose to review what other cases uh, that are decided on by the Iowa Appellate Court. The Iowa Supreme Court is comprised of seven justices uh, who hear cases in block. That means all the justices are present. They regulate all the court system affairs in Iowa, so for example, all of the Attorneys need to be licensed by the Iowa Supreme Court Okay, and then federal Just to recap We have 92 district courts Iowa has two of them A uh, northern and a southern district There are 13 circuit courts and Iowa's in the 8th circuit And then there's one supreme court Okay, let's go into case law And what case law is And published case law So to understand what is Considered case law Uh, It needs to be published, and there are also many other court cases that are unpublished, even if they are available online. Uh, Published cases are sent out in three stages, and they come in slip opinions, advance sheets, and reporters. And it's important to know that you're looking in the right reporter when looking for cases when you're doing research, because otherwise you won't find what you are looking for. That's also why it's essential to cite properly because you could direct somebody to a wrong case if you're not careful. Okay, so slip opinions are official, but they don't contain any citation sources. They all go online now. Uh, They used to be printed. They were just kind of sent in advance. Uh, But they're not edited, cleaned up in any way with helpful tools and all that kind of stuff. Uh, The only thing you may have to cite that is a docket number because they haven't been released in advance sheets or reporters yet. Advance sheets, um, because all these are electronic now, pretty much advance sheets have been uh, diminished. They're not used very much anymore. But they were released as the public were waiting for, for the reporters to come out. But it's got all the case law. It's detailed. It's cited on what... Reporter is going to come out in, but um, but they still don't have a lot of the stylistic things that make it easier to understand or find tools that are associated with uh, case law. Okay, and then reporters. So there are two types of reporters: an official reporter and an unofficial reporter. Official reporters are used, uh, are released by the state. They uh, so for example, the Iowa Reporter or whatever. And then unofficial were released by West. And the reason why unofficial reporters are there, their citations are still good. That's important to realize. But the reason why uh, unofficial reporters are there is because they were uh, the official reporters were so slow in getting their content out and that West decided to take all that information and release it sooner so that attorneys could have the material that they needed to research earlier. Iowa uh, does not have an official reporter anymore. As of 2016, they use solely the um, uh, West reporters, and so we are in the Northwest District uh, for reporters, so we're in the Northwest Reporter, and currently that reporter's in its second series. And I apologize, I didn't talk about what a reporter is, but a reporter is pretty much, well, it's those big books where you find all the official cases that are in them, so that's where you find the case law. What is the Officially published and to be used as a standard for precedent in future cases. As far as the lecture goes, the lecture is pretty much a review of all that um, material. We went over district courts, court of appeals, the Supreme Court. We went over slip opinions, event sheets, uh, citations. We talked about when to space. You know, for example, if there's two letters, there should be a space. So like Southern is abbreviated SO, so when you are citing it you need to do SO dot space and then whatever series you're in so TD, 2D. But for example in Iowa, it's Northwestern, but there's only one letter there. It's N dot W dot 2D, no spaces. That's just to keep it from getting too crammed. Uh, there's. We, so we talked about the reporter system during the class. We also talked about the components of What a reported case looks like. I'll just go over those briefly. Uh, So the components: title or case name, then the docket number, and then which court was the decision made. The date decision, a synopsis, uh, head notes, and head notes are developed by West. Uh, They are not official pieces of publication, but they can be useful tools in helping finding sources. I list the attorneys, the judge, and then the text of the opinion. And then also we talked about in-text citations, which uh, you need to report. Uh, You need to do a little pinpoint to where other cases are. And that was our first lecture of uh, legal research. A a lot of content. Uh, It might be a little hard to understand, but I think things will become more clear in the future.